these companies know what they are doing is wrong. At the time, law enforcement has no idea whether you're a good guy or bad guy, if this is a legit call, so we have to treat it as the most serious scenario possible. We need to uh, move away from this antiquated and outdated system of providing notices uh, through the newspaper. From the fourth floor of the Capitol Rotunda, you're listening to WFSU Public Media's Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. A grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley. Supporting public radio and taking time to care. On the web at searcylaw.com. This is Capital Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Among today's capital action, a bipartisan measure that seeks to ban children younger than 16 from accessing social media has cleared the Florida House. On Wednesday, the state's Republican-led chamber overwhelmingly approved legislation that would require tech companies to take down accounts held by young minors. But as Adrian Andrews reports, the proposal is facing some pushback. In an effort to protect Florida's youth from potentially harmful sites or dangerous encounters with strangers, the Florida House has approved a bill that requires social media companies to shut down accounts that belong to kids who are younger than 16. The measure would apply to any social media site that uses features bill supporters say are addictive. The bill's co-sponsor, Merritt Island Republican Representative Tyler Saroy, believes social media companies should be held accountable for what kids see online. An algorithm is no substitute for a conscience. These companies know what they are doing is wrong. They have not acted. While the bill does not list specific platforms, Saroy gave a few examples during Wednesday's House session on which features the prohibition would cover. He says autoplay, infinite scrolling, or any site that allows for photographs to be manipulated will be subject to the ban. Many of those features are used in popular apps like Snapchat, TikTok, and Instagram. The bill states minors must be removed from those platforms regardless of parent approval. Where is it going to stop where we tell parents, no, we in this body know better than you for your child? Miami-Dade Democratic Representative Ashley Gant posed that question during a heated debate with the bill's sponsor. She says the bill bars parental rights and even restrains a child's free speech. In this bill, we're saying parents have an have no ability at all to make the ultimate decision. Where do we stop? Opponents are also worried about how the social media sites will identify the age of its users. According to the bill's analysis, each platform will be required to have a, quote, reasonable age verification method. The system could use personal identifying information, such as a driver's license or a birth certificate. And Gainesville Democratic Representative Yvonne Hayes Henson worries that would raise concerns over privacy. I think it's a constitutionality problem. And there should be a way for us to have a framework of ages that need to be verified and ages that don't. The House approved the measure with a vote of 106 to 13. The bill now heads to the Senate where President Kathleen Pasadomo has already voiced her support for the proposal. After the Senate met Thursday, Pasadomo pushed back on suggestions from tech companies that the measure is unconstitutional. You know, it's interesting. Whenever someone doesn't like a bill, they say, oh, it's unconstitutional. Um, you know, I'm not the courts. Uh, I, I don't have the opportunity to make that decision. 
And um, I think the speaker's committed to it. It's an important issue, and we'll see, again, we'll see what happens over here in the Senate. While there's no companion bill for the proposal in the Senate, the chamber could make changes to the measure through the amendment process. I'm Adrian Andrews. The Florida State Guard may soon be allowed to see action at the southern border. Tristan Wood reports a bill could give Governor Ron DeSantis the power to activate the State Guard to deal with disasters and other situations beyond Florida's borders. DeSantis championed the creation of the State Guard in 2022. It was formed to respond to man-made and natural disasters in the state, but a new proposal would allow the volunteer force to be used outside of Florida. It also permits them to be used by the governor to respond to civil unrest and, quote, any other time deemed necessary and appropriate. Cape Coral Republican Representative Mike G. Lombardo says it will allow this guard to fulfill service agreements with other states, including at the southern border. So they can activate only if they have uh, an agreement with another state. They can't just send it into somebody else's state without the, s- the state asking or the state knowing. Coral Springs Democratic Representative Dan Daly opposed the measure, arguing it and Bill's last year to give the State Guard helicopters and boats is expanding the Guard beyond its original purpose. We're now being able to say, okay, cool, we're going to send them to the Texas border. Cool, we're going to uh, activate them in periods of civil unrest. I mean, it, it, we're, we're basically making this much more than I think was ever explained to the legislature, and it's just a year-after-year creep. DeSantis has not been shy in using other state resources at the southern border. Last May, he sent over 1,000 Florida National Guard members and law enforcement personnel to Texas. I'm Tristan Wood. Florida police officers are raising concern about swatting, a viral and dangerous national trend. Richard Brown reports a federal bill is in the works to increase penalties for those who participate. Swatting is making a fake report to law enforcement officers that aims to generate a large response from police and special weapons and tactics, or SWAT, officers. During a recent press event, Angela Ormerod with the FDLE told reporters swatting is serious and requires an all-out response from police. Yes, they might call in a hostage situation or a bomb threat or multiple homicides to get the police to arrive. So what's really important to remember about that is whoever the victim of the swatting incident is needs to stay calm because at the time law enforcement has no idea whether you're a good guy or bad guy, if this is a legit call. So we have to treat it as the most serious scenario possible. Swatting is sometimes thought of as a prank, but it can put people in dangerous situations. That's because the police responding assume the person who has been reported is committing a crime. The false reports have resulted in the death of some swatting victims. Last month, U.S. Florida Senator Rick Scott posted on social media that he had been swatted at his Naples home. Now Scott and two other U.S. senators are working to make swatting a federal crime. They're proposing a bill that specifically prohibits swatting. Under the proposal, a person could face a prison sentence of up to 20 years if someone is seriously hurt because of a swat attack. Meanwhile, state lawmakers passed rules against swatting in 2021. In Florida, a SWAT initiator can be charged with a second-degree felony if any person is injured and a third-degree felony if anyone dies as a result of swatting. I'm Richard Brown. Florida's self-storage industry is getting a big boost from the state legislature in its efforts to reduce public notice requirements before storage units can be emptied out and sold. We get that story from Steve Bosquet. Under the bill, self-storage companies would simply notify an alternative contact, like a family member, 
if delinquent bills lead to a person's belongings being sold. Right now, those notices must be published in newspapers, but newspapers are struggling. And so we need to uh, move away from this antiquated and outdated system of providing notices uh, through the newspaper. That's bill sponsor Representative David Barrero of Sweetwater. The bill is backed by the storage industry. But Wakulla Sun editor William Snowden says consumers could be hurt by the change. It, it will allow only a small circle of insiders and friends to be aware of the sale, which will inevitably lead to corruption in the bidding process. That didn't sway lawmakers, as the measure cleared the House Commerce Committee overwhelmingly. I'm Steve Bosquet. Today was Jimmy Buffett Day at the Florida Capitol, with two Buffett-related bills passing House committees and a Senate resolution honoring the late singer. A member of Buffett's Coral Reefer Band played several songs in the Capitol courtyard while legislation was approved that would designate State Road A1A as Jimmy Buffett Memorial Highway from Monroe County to Nassau County. Another bill approved today would lead to a license plate that says Margaritaville. Lorraine Buffett McGuane is Buffett's sister. When he was very sick and I said, Bubba, you don't have to go out on that stage. And he said, nope, my people have been good to me. I'm going out there. And he loved you all. So thank you. Thank you. Um, we're grateful and honored. Similar highway and license plate legislation is also moving in the Florida Senate. Buffett died at age 76 last September 1st of skin cancer. Our regular Capitol Report correspondents are Adrian Andrews, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Rian McCarthy, Margie Menzel, and Tristan Wood. Thanks also to Richard Brown and Steve Bosquet. Shows are available Monday through Thursday by 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you get your podcasts. On many of these Florida public radio stations, you can also tune in each Friday to catch the latest on all things happening at the Capitol. And that show is also available in podcast form. Technical assistance comes from Taylor Cox. I'm Tom Flanagan. This is Capitol Report, the podcast from WFSU Public Media. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. A grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley, supporting public radio and taking time to care, on the web at searcylaw.com. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.